Talk Tongle to me. Hey everybody and welcome to Talk Tongle to me. I'm your host Caleb and this is episode 13 I believe. I may be uh you may be like no this this isn't. But uh and this week on the show we have a guest I'm really excited about Kyle Sonjin who's uh, relatively new to Tongle, I think, uh, by looking at your stuff, and uh, but he's had some already some really cool uh, projects and some really big wins. So, Kyle, welcome to the show. Well, thank you for having me. <laughs> yeah, no problem, this, no problem. This is my first podcast, um, so if I do anything wrong as it pertains to the oh, podcast, oh no, yeah, you know. you're gonna <laughs> definitely screw everything all up, and it's gonna be terrible. Sounds good. <laughs> no, well, uh, cool. So yeah, thanks again for like coming and just uh, talking and uh, sharing a little bit about you. So I guess to get started, I always kind of like to ask people, what's your uh, what's your background in video production and uh, how'd you kind of get into this this field? Uh, yeah, no, I, uh, geez, I started making just like short films with friends way back in like middle school and high school on uh, hi eight cameras. I think I still got like a box of hi eight tapes sitting somewhere in a closet uh, <laughs> that are slowly disintegrating away. And then um, that eventually led to film school, uh, both at undergrad and grad school. So uh, oh nice. Ended up doing yeah. So just kind of been doing it, and then Tongle came along, and I figured I'd throw my hat in, in there, and now I'm here. Yeah, where'd you go to grad school? Uh, AFI through their directing program there. So. Well, where is that? Uh, that's in Los Angeles, the American Film Institute. Most people know them because uh, of their like top 100 lists and all that, which is actually a totally different uh, place. But uh, yeah, it's it's a film school out here in uh, Los Angeles. Whoa, that sounds awesome. Did you like that? Yeah, it was pretty fun. It's uh, definitely met a lot of collaborators there that I'll end up working with basically for you know the rest of forever essentially so <laughs> yeah i'm sure like working with so many people with the you know similar skill sets and goals and stuff i bet that is really good for you know collaborating oh definitely no it was a lot of fun it was uh you know lots of friends lots of filmmaking um it's just overall great experience yeah so you get out and then did you i don't know i feel like i know a lot of people out in la do the like you know pa stuff for a few years in la or did you like jump right into stuff uh, well, I think I got out and immediately just panicked was the first thing I did. <laughs> <laughs> like, now what? It sounds reasonable. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, um, I never really went, like, the route of trying to work up a, a ladder or anything of that nature. Um, okay. You know, I mean, I have, like, PA'd on projects. Just, it just ends up happening, you know? Uh, right. But uh, pretty immediately tried to start doing my own stuff and actually... Um, I think before Tongle even existed, I don't know. I had come across uh, MoFilm and had been doing a few MoFilm projects like way back in the day. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, and then uh, I can't remember how I came across Tongle. It may have just been a generic Google search of sorts, or if it was a re recommendation uh, off of the MoFilm thing, and then eventually found those guys. So were you doing, I guess, commercials before Tongle? Then, like, uh, there. Well, there's. Uh, always been the goal to be like doing commercials um uh -huh. and so uh i was doing sort of spec stuff on my own and then i kind of got tired of paying for spec stuff on my own and i said there has to be a, a way to do this where someone else is footing the bill for <laughs> my reel uh right. and that's how i came across mofilm in the first place so i think i literally googled like 
commercial contests. Uh, and that's, that's yeah, okay. that's yeah. Now Mo Film's gone now, right? They're still around. Uh, I think they're. What's, there was working. one that broke up, that like disappeared. I forget, a couple years ago. It wasn't User Farm or. Uh, I don't, yeah, I'm not sure. Them, like, there's been like a couple versions of, of these types of things, and I know that it, it seems right. like Tongle is sort of like the biggest of them all. It definitely seems like that. Yeah. Um, cool. So then, so what was your first uh, Tongle project? Um. Let's see. I did. I know. I pitched on a bunch of stuff when I was putting in ideas for a long time. Uh-huh. Um, God, I'm trying to remember what the first thing I I got as like an idea. I think it might have been a Lego thing, perhaps. Like I won an idea phase, and so so I'd gotten a bunch of those for a while, where it was like small things here and there, um, with some of this sort of smaller prize pools and whatnot. Um, and I had put in a bunch of pitches. And I think the first pitch that I did that I actually got a response on and, and got a phone call from Tongle on it was, I think it was a, a Labatt Blue pitch, I believe, uh, okay. which I ended up not winning. But um, oh. yeah, it was it was uh, like a hockey related thing for Labatt Blue. And oh, I sent yeah, in the yeah. pitch and then I, I got a phone call and they're like, hey, we just wanted to check in on you to make sure you're not a crazy person because we really liked your pitch and we want to put it forward to the brand. Uh, and then I think someone else ended up getting it um regardless but then um yeah i think uh i think my pedialyte thing might have been one of my first i think that was my first thing that i did with tongle where i actually had like a full production and everything which were uh two 15 second spots for pedialyte <laughs> on were they tv or internet no those ones are internet uh i think they're still living on facebook somewhere uh last i checked there was uh, some big uh some people, you know, blowing up the comments section of them and arguing back and forth about the merits of Pedialyte. <laughs> that sounds right for like most videos on the internet these days. Yeah, <laughs> there's always some people arguing the comment sections. Um, so for everyone at home, if you didn't see them, those I mean, those Pedialyte commercials were all. I saw I saw one which was like a dad who was sick and like drank his daughter's Pedialyte. What was oh, yeah, the yeah. other one? Oh yeah, the other one is uh, a girl who's like selling Pedialyte out of like a lemonade style stand outside to a bunch of basically <sighs> zombified adults. Uh, I, I def- the one you saw is the one that I really like the most, uh, just because I think being a 15 second spot, it's the one that works the best, just because it's so simple. Um, right, and it, and, I mean, yeah, it no, definitely conveys the message that it's yeah. like you know. So I think because correct me if I'm wrong, I think the message they were trying to get across in that campaign was that it's you know, not just for kids. Yeah, no, exactly. They wanted to get across that it wasn't just for kids, but they also wanted to distance themselves a little bit from this idea that um, that there's this prevailing idea that Pedialyte for adults equals hangover drink, you know? Um, Uh, Like you've partied too hard, so grab a Pedialyte. Um, Yeah. But for some reason, that messaging wasn't working positively for them. Uh, so they wanted to take the what? sickness route and yeah, I think is actually, if you played it the right way, it'd be pretty brilliant, but, um, right. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, you know, the little girl was good. The guy was great, you know, and, um, I think it just kind of got the message across pretty quick. Um, and it's like hard to yeah. just, you know, like cute little kids in spots, like, you know, right. That always does well. So what was it like? Uh, I mean, filming that, was that a big, uh, crew or was it, you know, what was that production set like? Um, it was decent size. It wasn't massive. I think we were probably about like 15 to 16 people or so 
if I remember right. That does um, that seems yeah, that's a pretty good size. So um, yeah, but it was it was fun. It was quick. It was just a one day thing, you know. Um, yeah. I think like like shooting in L.A. inherently comes with its own sort of difficulties, you know. Um, uh huh. So there's certain things that you can't avoid or get away with that you could more easily do in you know basically any other town. <laughs> right. Yeah. But yeah, no, it was a fun oh, production. Very cool. Um, and then I've looked at your uh, like Tongle page, and uh, so you got a couple other like pitches that I think you won, and then I don't know if I can see them or not. Like I see like a like a Cadillac Stories one, or like your. Uh, um yeah i've pitched on a bunch of things um the cadillac one was i think a situation in which uh i don't think it was a job that they'd already had i think that was one of those things where it's like we were pitching to try to get the job um the most recent thing that i've done with them is the under armor project which is wrapping up here in the next week or so uh oh, so that's cool. actually what is that one? taken over uh, a bit of my life for like the last couple of months um that one's yeah. pretty fun i don't know everything i'm allowed to say about it and i don't know when this comes Fair out enough. in relation <laughs> to that yeah uh but yeah no, no. so it, i guess was, yeah whatever you can say that's so which one i mean what was the uh you know the the concept or the ask i guess if you can say that oh yeah i guess the ask is, is public but they they wanted to uh create a suite of videos uh capturing content from these different uh run crews uh around the u.s and other countries uh, uh-huh. that they're using to sort of use in a social media context. So, um, yeah, we were traveling uh, all along the East Coast, doing some stuff in L.A., and then also over um, in Berlin as well. Um, so You went over to Berlin? Yeah, so got back uh, what? a couple weeks ago. So, That's kind of crazy. Yeah, it was fun. It was, it, was, uh, it was a very long shoot. I think we were on the road a total of like 24 days or something like that. Holy cow. So... Yeah, that's, um, that seems pretty exciting. And I think we're getting feedback on cuts tomorrow, which will, I guess, be in the past by the time people hear this. Right. So <laughs> yeah, a couple days ago, whenever this is released, um, how was it shooting in Berlin? That sounds kind of, I don't know, was, crazy to shoot in like a different country. It was fun. It was actually pretty easy. I mean, we by nature of the production, we had a pretty small crew. I think we were, our core crew was like six, and at max, we were about eight. Um, uh-huh. so we were, we were tiny. Um, it was also just sort of the nature of the, the aesthetic of the shoot. It was sort of this pseudo docu style sort of thing. So we were able to keep our footprint really tiny. Um, but yeah, shooting in another country, um, I've done it a few different times and it's, uh, I mean, it's always potentially kind of a hassle. I highly suggest having someone there who's from that particular country. So, um, right. Yeah. So we had, we had some people that could help us out a little bit, but it actually was surprisingly simple. And we kind of just did what we wanted, which uh, that does seem. I don't, know if, I don't know if we were supposed to or not. But <laughs> like I said, we, we were. I didn't small, know if there was all different. sorts of like international like filming laws or like. Oh yeah, I, I mean, I think if if we had a lot more gear on the ground, it would have been a bigger thing. But I mean, we were essentially just if you're just there with your camera, a, a camera, which is kind of like you know, no one's really going to give you a, an issue with that. But uh, yeah, it wasn't anything where we had massive amounts of of say like trucks right. and gear and things like that so did you did they speak english the uh who the i guess like runners 
Yeah, you know, we had we actually were uh, had the benefit of one of our friends who lives in Berlin and actually went to school with us at AFI, and so we just we called him and said, "Hey, we're coming." <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah, and then and then yeah, we were actually we were able to hire hire a few PAs locally that um, spoke English and German, and that was a big help. And oh, perfect um, then. Yeah, yeah, it all came together really, really, somewhat easily actually. So. Nice. Um, I think we only had one problem with this production, and that's that someone in the TSA dropped one of our lenses and shattered it. Oh, so, no. Yeah, it was about a $20,000 mistake on their part. <laughs> oh, my God. At TSA? Yeah, they. you know, it's like how they open up your luggage and, you know, uh, check it and, and whatnot. Oh, my God. Like, we cut, because we, we just opened up the case, and all of a sudden this lens was just in pieces. And we're like, well, oh. we did not put this in here like this. And it left our hands perfectly fine. Uh, and the funny part was that every other bag had a slip in there that said that it had been inspected by the TSA, but the lens bag was the one that did not. So I suspect someone knows exactly what they did and uh, oh. own up to it. So that's that's an ongoing thing we've been... Uh, yeah, I was going to say, like, what do you... Do you... That's all covered. Are they, you like, know, paying you for it or anything? Uh, yeah, I guess, do you have it insured or whatever? Yeah, it's all insured. So it's... Uh, you know, fine in that regard. And it's just a matter of insurance companies battling it out at that point and trying to make the TSA pay for it, which more than likely won't happen, but who knows? We'll see. Right. Oh my gosh. I can't believe that. Yeah, Still. Yeah. Casualties. Well, cool. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, I look forward to seeing that. It'll be a series on their Facebook then. Uh, I don't know exactly how they plan to release it. I know it's social media. Um, so I imagine there's uh-huh. going to be things on both Facebook and Instagram and possibly other places as well. So, um, yeah yeah um but i know that it's supposed to be sometime soon um i don't know all the details uh, i just know that we're we're delivering soon and it will be going out very much immediately afterwards nice nice yeah so um what's uh then what's next for you? are you like a pitching on other stuff on tongle or uh you got other stuff lined up for just yeah no 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 i've got a few there. things lined up uh potential music video coming up the next couple months that i'm really excited about that i can't really say too much about um uh-huh. and it's also like one of those knock on wood things like you know these things can Hopefully always fall apart at, at any jinx it right yeah, yeah, yeah so but it's um for an artist that i really love and grew up listening to and um if anything it's more of like a passion project you know i've never even done a music video but uh i approached these yeah. guys and they uh and they, went they for said it. yes so far so <laughs> Um, so hopefully, yeah, like all kind of plays out. Yeah, and then um, dipping my toes back into narrative land here a little bit. I've got a short film that I'm in the middle of prepping. Um, and then, uh, yeah, ha- don't have any current Tongle pitches out, but uh, I've been kind of seeing what's going on in that landscape. Uh, but then the next thing is going to be to kind of put a few things together to go out to production companies around town in L.A., um, because the, the goal at this point is to kind of step up that next rung of the ladder and, and get onto a roster somewhere or at least hip-pocketed somewhere where uh, yeah, that's, I can be doing so more legit gonna, commercial work. So you, you beat me to my next question. That's what I was going to say. Like, So your long-term goal then would be to like be with a company, with a production company like or, uh, yeah, or, yeah I mean, on one of the big... Definitely, yeah. One, I mean, ultimate goal is... is um, both uh, features and commercials. Um, yeah. Commercials have just been something that have been a bit more accessible to me in the immediate. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I like doing that just because they're kind of short spurts of creativity. 
uh, you know, it can take years to get a feature off the ground, but uh, oh, yeah. it's, it's nice to just be doing things and, and whatnot. And uh, yeah, it's, and uh, I actually, I really enjoyed doing the commercials. So I think there's some people that would kind of maybe turn their nose up at that a little bit. It's sort of a, a selling out sort of thing, I guess. But uh, I think they provide a means for, um, you know, sort of paying your rent while you're pursuing other things as well. So No, definitely. I mean, I think... I mean, there's been a ton of really creative and really, uh, you know, like inspiring or funny or engaging commercials that, I mean, I think would be hard to say aren't, you know, some like, you know, art form or, you know, creative outlet there. So, oh yeah. And and you can make money. So yeah, no, for sure. I I think there are, um, I think there's awesome work happening in the commercial world. A friend of mine's a cinematographer who's been doing a lot of, uh, really, really giant projects you know um he just finished this spot for volvo that's amazing um he shot part of the lemonade album for beyonce and just like there's yeah yeah, yeah. and it's just like the work he's doing is is astonishing and his commercial work is beautiful and you know it's uh i'd I'd say anyone that says that uh you know there can't be art to these things is i don't know I, i think there there's something to to you you can definitely make artistic things out of commercials it obviously depends a little bit on the client and what you know the original vision of the director right what they're looking for but yeah um but uh i think there's cool stuff to be made out there so my my goal is to be able to get somewhere where i can one be making some of that cool stuff um and then also um you know just be at a place that's uh i guess putting me out there on the on those sorts of projects. Sorry, I guess I feel like someone's sending me a million emails and it's like blowing up <laughs> no my, my speaker here. I don't know if you can hear that or not. I think I've got an uncle <laughs> who just sent me like three emails in a row. Oh yeah, there's no one. He's just forwarding stuff. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, I also think like, especially like on with the internet, the way it's going, like, and I know you were just saying how you want to go towards like feature and, uh, you know, TV and stuff, but like there's so much uh, video being made for the internet. Like, every company has you know commercial video every social media has video like there's just so much uh i don't know what to call it like market for it right now yeah and that's that's good and bad i think um there's a lot of stuff to be made but i think it's also kind of driving down the value of that content as well um that's a fair point and that's and that's something that you know when when you're a working filmmaker it's kind of um a difficult thing to digest and and this i even see this now in in narrative content you know it's sort of like every company wants to have some sort of streaming service or content or something but they're not necessarily willing to pay the the cost of of those things and you know there are like certain unions within the the film industry that exist for a reason because you know filmmaking is not an easy thing it's like you're working for a minimum of 12 hours a day and your entire crew is and uh, there's nothing consistent about it, um, and so I think that uh, with the way people or the way companies and desire content these days, I think they need to be a little bit more willing to put in what it costs. It's uh, you know, there's this weird thing with there's a super saturation of content out there, and uh-huh. it's so easily digestible and then shoved aside, and you know people have like no attention span anymore. But I think people Very don't. True understand the value or the cost that it takes to create these things um yeah but also there's there's like a uh 
I think people's expectations have gotten a little lower sometimes as well. It's sort of, you know, there'll be sort of brands that just put out whatever videos that cost nothing to make and, and maybe they're good, maybe they're not, but it's, I don't know, it's, it's interesting. There's, there's more opportunity, but then there's also the bar I feel like has been lowered in some ways. And, um, you know, I go back. No, that's a very valid point. Yeah. And, and I think there's, um, to a certain extent, um, that devaluation has made it easier to get in, but it's also made it more difficult to make a living or get to a point where to like you're able rise to, to do... the top. Yeah. It's, uh, it's odd. And, and the other thing too, is like everyone has a camera now. Right. And so, um, right. people can be making millions of dollars a year being like influencers or something, taking pictures on their iPhone and to a company, they just view that as content. And it's sort of like, well, where, like, you know, there are varying levels here depending on what you want and all that. And so it's, it's an interesting landscape for sure. Definitely. 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 Um, well, kind of, I don't know, I guess getting, getting to the end here, do you have any like advice for people that you'd give? Cause I know a lot of people, um, you know, look at, at your work and like, you know, how far you've come. I mean, you've, you've done some awesome stuff with really cool brands. Like, would you have any advice to people who are trying to get, to to that level and i know you're still trying to grow but i think you know a lot of people you know would love to hear what you think yeah i think um i mean one just making stuff i think you know with with places like tongle and there are a few other places out there too that um it's it's pretty easy to get in because literally anyone can you know pitch on something if you have a, if you think you have a good idea why not pitch it you know um the other thing, too, is I would say just make stuff with your friends. You know, I, I I feel like in some ways when I was younger and just making stuff with my friends, I was making more interesting choices. Uh, and obviously there was a lack of sort of skill and technique there. But, you know, when you're just sort of doing it strictly from the hip and your creative standpoint, you, you really can make some cool stuff. So I would say literally, you know, just get out there and start making stuff. Um if you specifically want to do commercials, like I said, Tongle's a great entry point. They have so many different levels uh, of things, you know? Um, I remember yeah. when I, even when I started out doing the MoFilm thing, I think the first project I got from them, I think I was given something like $1,500 to make something, you know? Which at the time I was like, oh, wow, cool. Someone's going to be $1,500 oh, yeah. to go make something. And now I'm like, man, I can't, uh, I can't stretch that anymore into something, you know? Uh, no, definitely. And I think that is, yeah, a good thing about Tongle. They're like, uh, you know, there's some big projects, which are, yeah, you know, 100,000 plus, And there's some smaller ones for like, like you just said, 1500, that's, you know, good for varying levels of, of people, you know, in their career. Yeah. And there's, there's cool stuff to make too. It's like, you know, you could, if it's a simple idea and it's something you can like make in your living room or something off your iPhone, but it's, that's what the the brand wants or something, then, you know, it's, it's pretty accessible. Um, yeah, I think just having interesting creative ideas and, and going for it is the, the path. Um, and I think that something like Tongle also gives you the opportunity to learn. Um, yeah. And I would say, you know, the other is if you are just starting out, it's maybe worthwhile to hop on other people's projects too, you know, um, yeah. just, just see what they do, how they work, things like that. Um, and it depends on what you want to do. You know, maybe you're a creative person, but you don't want to be necessarily like a director or something. You know, you can still pitch on the or, or uh, submit ideas and things like that. There are a lot of people I know that just do the sort of copywriting side of things. And 
um, that's an art in itself. That's uh, uh, probably, in my opinion, more difficult just having a, a great idea that can be executed in, you know, 30 seconds or something. Um, well, anyone at home or in the car listening, uh, feel free to check out Kyle's stuff at kylesojin.com. I'll, I'll throw that link uh, in the in the like episode description. So uh, if you don't have to like guess at the spelling, because there's a bunch of like silent letters and stuff. Oh, yeah, um, do you want to plug anything else while you're here? Uh, not really. Uh, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, you know, this uh, Under Armour thing will be coming out soon. So keep your eyes out for that. But um, yeah. No, but thanks for having me. Definitely. Is, uh, I, I've, yeah. Like I said, I've never been interviewed on a podcast, so it's a, a new one for me. <laughs> well, now you can say you're officially on uh, iTunes now. Oh, man. For a podcast, so. Yeah, I feel like I'm officially part of the internet now. I'm part of the tapestry. <laughs> cool. cool. Well, thanks so much for uh, hanging out, and then I look forward to seeing your talk, stuff talk, and, uh, you know, talking with you in the future. All right. Thanks, Caleb.